It is the P&P Podcast. We are, we're live. This is the P&P Podcast, episode number two. I've got Dave Palmer. Dave, where are you from? I'd like to say Kinkarden, but I hope I say it right. <laughs> Kinkarden. <laughs> yes. Hey, uh, you know, we're, we're joking around here sincerely with, with heavy hearts. We start this podcast off and, and I'll let you I'll let you explain. Yeah, guys, um, you're probably expecting Damien here, but unfortunately, over the weekend, his father passed away. Um, our love and our thoughts are going out to him during this time. So just bear with us. And yeah, Damien, we're thinking of you, buddy. Yeah, hundred percent, Damien. Karen and I both we're you're in our thoughts, and we we are thinking of you, man. So and it's a rough, rough, rough patch for you. Um, I haven't experienced what you're experiencing, but I'm I can you know I, I can I can imagine that it is a rough patch for you. So, um, man, looking forward to get you back on here and and um, see your big old smile. All right, so sincerely, Dave from Kincardin, 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 Ontario. Yeah, Kincardin, however you want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, and that's on, uh, uh, what, what lake is that on? Like we're right on Lake Huron. Yeah, I've said, yeah. okay. Because lo- I have looked you up to see way, way back in the day of Punisher Waterfowl podcast, the Union 0430. Um, yeah, I did kind of check out where you guys are all from. You know, followed along, followed along with the show. Mm-hmm. You, you all were very kind, had me on many times. And, uh, yeah, so I did kind of want to check out and see see where kind of where y'all were located there. You're, you're spread out pretty good. Yeah, and that's just it. Like you, you get a big experience because some of the stuff we do here is different than what Damien's doing where he is. And like when I say both of us are from Ontario, people are like, "Oh, well, you must you know see each other all the time." No, like I'm six hours away from them. So, yeah. And and la- sincerely, last year, you know, when he, he you. Whomever was going to come to PEI, I'm thinking, well, shoot, man, it's it's freaking Canada. Like, how how long could it drive me? He's like, it's 14 hours. I'm like, what? You know, I was yeah. like, and I got a map out. I was like, yeah, okay. I was like, well, 17 hours for me to get there. I said, that's kind of. And then I really looked like for me to Kingston, it's like seven hours. It's not, you know, it's yeah. almost the same for you, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. With it, if you don't, you know, you know, you don't mind a little bit of fudging here and there. I fish. You know, I'm a fisherman, so sometimes you know distances, measurements. You know, kind of get skewed a little bit. What What's going on? You want to talk about uh, what am I looking at on your left arm? Yeah, I was in a little bit of a motorcycle accident, broke my clavicle. Uh, so I'm kind of laid up for six weeks. I'm two weeks in, so I've got four weeks left of that. Um, yeah, I had clavicle repair surgery. It was a complete fluke. Like we were going super slow and just landed exactly on my shoulder and the clavicle, like no road rash. Mm-hmm. Apparently the bike's all right. I haven't seen it yet. Just a complete fluke. So it's, yeah, just at the start of summer too. So like the old joke is I, I had to visit Dr. Summer off, but I <laughs> believe you and me, if I could do it again, I wouldn't be visiting doctor. I'd rather be at work and doing stuff in the garage and all that stuff and having the, you know, summer off the right way. But yeah, it is what it is. So Hey, I'm, I'm going to do a shameless plug real quick. First off, uh, Karen and I have been on a downward, a downward weight loss program. We're losing weight, so I'm start. I'm down just over 40 pounds. So 
some things that I I didn't wear, I couldn't wear, now I can wear, right? So I just want to salt marsh waterfowl out of Connecticut. Guys, thank you very much. It's actually it's actually loose on me. So it, this is uh back in March when we started this, I would have not been comfortable in this shirt. So I'm good. feeling I'm feeling good. And how are you doing that? What are you doing? Simply less ca- you know, burning more calories than you take in. Yeah. That's the that's the biggest thing. Um good. Oh, and that's you know what, like I'm just sitting here, I can't drive, I can't do it. So I've been in reading and watching YouTube videos and simply put, like calories in, calories out, all these diets you see, that's exactly what they are. Like you stop, you go on the Atkins or whatever those diets are where you stop doing carbs. Well, you're taking out a whole food group. You're just dropping your calorie intake at the same time. There are some other benefits to it, but the biggest thing is calories in, calories out. So 100%. You just said Atkins. That's that's what I would do. I could do that very yeah. easily where I would just kind of cut out sugar, cut out carbs as best I could. And, and you know, it was kind of a, coll- a collision because Karen, we're making two meals. Karen's not on board with that. She doesn't want to do that. And um, she woke up one Saturday morning and just said, like, I've had enough of it. And she she did. It's it's a, an app a, a program called Noom. Yeah. And something she did before, right before COVID, she she was down like 30 some pounds and, and COVID kind of stopped, stopped her routine. Um, but she's like, you want to do this with me? And I was like, I definitely need to do something. hundred percent. I need to do something. Um, so she's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I'll do what I'll, I will, I will do what you would like to do. So it was kind of a, like, you know, it's a win, a win-win, right? We're both losing weight and we're doing it together. It's something we're on the same page. So it's just, it's just a, been a positive thing, but here's my best excuse. No, not excuse. My best example. It, it is an excuse though. Sort of, kind of, um, I would not drink from this, my crown Royal black, but each shot's 97 calories. So she's like, if we're doing this, we're going to measure and weigh everything. Like, okay. So I get my IPIA, IPIA ice out, fill it, fill her up. And generally I would go look, 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 right to the top. And I'm, I'm good to go. So I get my little, my shot out, pour my shot, pour it in there. I'm like, I can't see anything. So I was like, the shot, the little plastic guys double. So I did a double. So now there's three shots in there. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I, I was like, I would have poured six shots, right? Instead of three or three, I barely, I barely can see it. Right. So the, the biggest thing that it's taught me is my volume or portions were way out of whack basically yeah like and currently we can i can still eat pizza i just can't eat the whole pizza right that's that's kind of the that's kind of the thing you know it's just you know, common yeah. sense yeah did you even try though if you're not eating the whole pizza right well i told karen <laughs> man as soon as as soon as we make or as soon as i think i don't know if, i think I'm, I'm a little ahead of her they give you this chart you wait you weigh in each day and it, it tells you when you're going to be at your goal weight yeah i said man i'm, I'm going to get in that sicilian pizza with the pepperoni sausage on that we used to eat all the time <laughs> when I make that and and we're joking about when we go to PEI G off as we have we're in this group text where he, he keeps building this what's the menu what's the menu for shawls what's the menu for shawls and he, he wrote last night like he's like man I, I don't want to like I don't want to get you guys off your track like if you're doing it, I was like I was like fuck man we're on vacation like this you know that's this no yeah. it's, it's, it's just like Texas Teal we talked about just a little bit earlier right talking about uh well maybe i shouldn't talk about that but <laughs> no texas teal i'm looking forward to seeing the videos from that that's over the past couple of years that's one of those things that i keep watching going 
that looks like a great time. How do we do something like that up here in Canada? That's it, yeah. it, it is just it's well, okay. We got plenty of time, right? Yeah. Okay. So this morning I was scrambling for well, I do coffee. Then as soon as I'm done coffee, I like this morning, I was like, man, this is it's the kind of day where like I feel it's gonna be flowing through me, right? So I I scrambled to get that diet mountain dew and I couldn't find any. I, I even got down like looking in the back of the refrigerator and stuff and the whole bottom shelf in the door is, is alcohol. I'm, I'm not a big beer drinker, but there's a couple different, you know, little bottle of wine for my mom. And there's a bunch of stuff on the bottom drawer. And then I, in the back, I did see some of the bush, bush light or bush apple. And I said, Karen, what better way to start your day off with a morning beer? And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah. I said, look, it's even got apple. And I said, this is like, it's a breakfast food, right? So that, that turned into, I said, I say my, my morning drink for, for Texas deal. <laughs> and you kind of, you, you laugh like that. And I was like, yeah. So, you know, the, the hunt truly, the ones that have been barn burners, it's they're like 30, 40 minutes. And, and even if they're not barn burners after an hour, the birds are stopped. So it's an hour, it's an hour hunt, get back to the trucks and somebody's got a cooler beer. So we all crack to our, you know, our morning beer. I said, then we go back to the lodge. I said, and then it gets serious. But but I did, I did bring that up to Karen this morning. I was like, hey, what better way to start off your day with a morning beer? But you know, she didn't really find any humor in that. Yeah, most people do Caesars in the morning, don't they? So you have to have that V8 and it's got like however many servings of vegetables. Uh, yeah, 100%. They do, like <laughs> Bloody Mary, that would be a good way of, you know, kind of. Right? That's, that's your, or a mimosa. Yeah. Barnes oh. using some champ. Yeah, we could, we could, we could, we used to, we were doing those, honestly, after the season, we kind of got in the habit every Sunday morning. We were yep. kind, of, kind of doing that, but all right, man, I'm way off rambling nope. out, out over, over here somewhere. I'm, I'm not sure where, but for episode two, we thought since, and Damien was very emphatic about that. He wanted, he wanted us to do episode two, which I said, we're good. We're all good about doing that. And his suggestion was we would still, well, last episode one, if you haven't seen it, please go back and check it out. I felt basically like I'm doing the talking, but like Damien interviewed me the whole time. And towards the end, I was like, Hey man, I want to, I, I want to ask you, I got some questions I want to ask you. He's like, hold up. That's for episode number two. So your idea. Yeah. Episode number two is. Well, man, I've been laid up. And one of the things I always say is that the collecting world is huge for duck hunters. Like you look at, People collect guns, they collect calls, they collect decoys. And because I've been laid up, I've been sitting there on the on YouTube watching pretty much every one of your videos thinking, man, we should talk about decoys. And because there's so it's such a huge topic. Like you have the people who make the decoys, people who collect the decoys. And then so there's so much there that we could talk about. So I figured, hey, let's let's talk about you know, especially with those teal that you've been making, that those are some beauty birds. Thank and you. There's thank a lot we can talk about with that, right? Hundred percent. Just got those done yesterday, and when mid midday here, my plan is to go pack twelve of those bad boys, and they're headed to Texas. So I get that's that's later on my list. I'm going to do the spoiler alert and say there will be an episode three, and episode three will have Damien and you on together. How about that? That works for me, man. All right. So episode good. We can do that uh, where you interview us thing, right? That's what I got to do. Because I, yeah. I, I know you guys, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, like watching your 
teal making video. And if anyone hasn't seen it, go to Jeff's social media, his Instagram, his YouTube, and look at the decoys he has. And the biggest thing I noticed is that no two are the same. Really, like they're they're different head positions and just by a little cut here, a little cut there, they all look just a little bit different. And I think there's beauty in that. Is that fair to say? Like, No, 100%. George Williams was a, a big influencer of me way back in the day. And he's like, if you're making something, why would you not make each one? Even though they're all teal, all scoter, or all whatever the bird is, why would you make them all the same? And you always, always kind of... Again, even if it's just a little tweak here, hit up, down, whatever. Tails, you know, tails, I'm cut the tails. You do that a little different. And even when you go to carve the bodies, you're, they all don't look alike. No. And, and that's something that when I'm hunting, I actually like that in my spread. I like the variety of the birds. Just you don't have, you know, two dozen birds that all look the same with their, they're all feeding or they're all preening or whatever. You know, you, you got a lot of variety because if you look at actual ducks out in the, water they're all moving and doing something different so that's the thing i really like about the collectible decoys is just seeing everyone's little take on how to do it just a little bit different right mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing that i saw with yours was when you made that you took two heads that were pretty much exactly the same and you just cut where where it connects to the body you just cut it on a little bit of an angle and it added a bit of variety there so yeah, that good i was gonna say go that it, it, that and or the shelf on the on the body, you know, angle that yeah. a little bit, or, or and or change, you know, change that, change the. If this is, you know, if this is my, I should have it. I do here, wait a minute. Here is a pat. This is an upper bay Havity Grace style surf scoter. Uh, pat Vincenti carved this, but where I was trying to go is like, even if you just, even if the head, the bottom of the head is the same on all of them, but the height of where you, where you're going to cut, cut that where the head gets mounted. How about that? That's, yeah. that's, that's a big difference. Uh, here is a, uh, happens to be, there's a, a George Williams teal where it just, it's just, it's, it's, it's funky. It's just funky as can be. Yeah. You know? Um, this happens to be a, this one is, uh, What's the story behind this? This George Williams was the honorary chairman of Happy Grace Decoy Festival. The 25th, I can't remember what year it was, but it, they just 20, 25, and we just had uh, number 40, I guess. Anyway, um, these are, they were solid, solid cedar. They're not, they're not rigged up. Yeah. But, um, but that's, but yeah, I mean, just, just little tweaks, little changes. It's, it's just, you really can, you really can animate something that's not animated at all. Right. Yeah. And, and that's something that I really, I love the beauty of it and kind of sitting here, I have a group chat with a couple of my buddies. And one of the things I said is, you know what, like for teal, I got this nice little teal pond. I could sit and make once I'm all healed up, I could sit and make six or eight of them and have my own spread. And what, what better than having six or eight decoys that I made a duck call that I made, you know, like a dog that I trained, it just kind of puts it all together for me. And that's why I thought, you know what? I got you one-on-one. -on -one. I'm going to start asking you some questions about getting into this decoy carbon. We can you do know that. what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, so, I, I I'm going to say this just real nope. quick, interjected. That was my one of my attractions in the beginning was to make something that you can actually use that you're actually going to attract, in my case, not really geese, my case, ducks and brain. Yeah. That was my, that was my biggest... Uh, 
the, the biggest attraction was like, wow, this is going to be something I'm going to make, have fun with it. And then, you know, go out, go out and shoot, shoot some birds over. And, and that's what got you into it, right? It's just 100%. the fact that doing it yourself. And how 100%. long have you been doing this? I have, and they're, they're out, they're out in the paint room. And I wish I would have taken better care of them. I really, really do. I think it was out of a Ducks Unlimited magazine and it happened to be blue, blue wing teal was with the pat well green wing blue wing pretty pretty close but they they were actually they wanted them to be painted as blue wings but it showed you how you could go and get a uh, go to the hardware store grab yourself two by sixes screw them together that was you're going to be your body go go uh, buy some one by and glue that together for the heads and you know kind of a kind of a crude well at least especially for me being the very first bird very very crude um but at the same time i was like wow that was pretty cool i i want to say those were, I believe, 1989. If it wasn't wow. 80, if it wasn't 89, it was 90. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so uh, that's that. That was the first, and just, um, just kind of, I won't say it spiraled out of control. You can look up, you can look above me. There's a few hanging. Um, yeah, didn't I can't say necessarily really spiral out of control, but definitely you know kind of, kind of went into it full, full you know with full force. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know what kind of I talk when Karen and I were sitting here doing talking back and forth, doing a podcast recently, um, I don't know what it, what it would be called in my personality, but like, I, it seems like I, I won't say extreme. I'm not like an extreme, extreme sports guy, but whatever I do, I want to do it to the extreme. Right. So yeah, it's just, so it just took off where I really wanted to, I wanted to, you know, wanted to get better. Uh, and then I started, I found out, Hey, you can go enter contests with these things. And then sort of kind of, then it really kind of went out of control. <laughs> <laughs> but woodworking is a huge part of the duck hunting world, right? Like you look 100%. at people make decoys, they make their blinds. They, some guys make their own little pierogi, pierogs, whatever you call it, like boats, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, skiffs. skiffs. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, even like duck boxes for, mm -hmm nesting right like there's a lot of stuff that a good woodworker can do and the decoy side of it is kind of the one that that really interests me so yeah go ahead i was gonna say I, I don't consider myself to be an artist like so most recently with these with these teal i've been got into a little bit of a habit it actually really obviously there's other reasons too but honestly it kind of helps me keep going I, where I'm trying to go with this is I've went live on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube quite a bit while I've been painting these decoys. And again, it just kind of keeps me on task where I'm, you know, <laughs> there. I know somebody could be potentially could be watching me. So I, it makes me, I won't say focus, but it definitely keeps me on task that I'm not distracted with, Hey, I'll take a phone call, whatever the phone's being used or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but people had said, I have to focus, get back in. People had said, uh, oh, man, that's like you're an artist. That's art, art, art. Decoys are one of seven, I believe, true American folk arts. Um, like quil quilting is one of them. Decoys is definitely one of them. I don't know the rest of it. But quilting, quilting and decoys you know, are, are American folk arts. I think there's seven of them. Uh, but I, I, I've never, again, I'm not, a, I'm not an artist. I can't draw. I can't. I couldn't paint a picture. I, mean, I could. I can draw and I can paint a picture. But like not not like an artist what i consider to be an artist would right but like the decoy it's like again if somebody shows me how to do something i kind of I, th I think i could try to reproduce it and that's that's kind of where um it, even though it is an art form i don't consider myself to be an artist yeah 
And and it's one of those things too that the more you do it, the better you're going to get, right? And 100%. some people have to like your first bird might not look the greatest, but I've seen people hunt over Javax bottles at the same time. So you know, don't don't be too critical and too hard on yourself, right? All right so go. No, I was just going to say I was just going to transient from there. Like, so if I wanted to start getting into it, but you know, what tools would I get to? Because when I watch your videos, I see it looks like a Fordham and you got the nice like ventilation and all these tools that you're using. But what would be the basic set if I was trying to get into it right now? How would you okay. go about that? Well, before I answer that question, yeah. you need to answer a question for me. Uh oh. For all of us south of the border, what the hell is JVAX? Is what? JVAX? JVAX? Yeah. JVAX? Yeah. What's that? Man? Like bleach, bleach bottles. Okay. It's just Clorox. a white Clorox. Clorox. Yeah. Uh... Same... Same stuff, different <laughs> <drug>. <laughs> I almost said something else, but I'm trying to not swear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I call Javex models, like milk cartons, whatever you want to say. Like, copy, copy, you know. copy. Okay. All right. I just was like, you said that. I'm like thinking, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So maybe I would just <laughs> clarify that for, for, for everyone else that, that is probably not listening uh, yeah. or watching on YouTube. Um, where am I going with this? Uh, yeah, so uh, I got I got pictures texting me this morning. Fred West is he's he's painting his first pintail. He came. He had a bunch of my teal. He brought a bunch of the teal back the other day, and he said, "I want to trade these teal in for pintail." I'm painting pintail next, so I gave him three different I, uh, one of mine, George Williams, and somebody else. I can't remember what the third one was, but anyway, he's got pintails, and he's you know. We, we, we talked last night about it, and he did he did kind of update me on some pictures this morning that that. Um, you know, basically, Fred definitely thinks he's not an artist, right? But I was like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's once you get in, once it looks again, like for everyone on YouTube here, I, I that looks, does that look difficult? No, like, it, like I, painting? Yeah. Yeah. The painting aspect of it. Looks yeah, cool. man. I, the closest I get to painting is crayons, but yeah. But I mean, like, if for somebody that's never painted before, to me, that, that, like, I, yeah. That's pretty complex, right? But like yeah. when you when you break it down, it, it's really not. You know, you're gonna you're gonna paint the rump first. You're gonna you're gonna do you're gonna do your top, and you come back and you're gonna do, you know do some detail. You're gonna detail up through the back. You're gonna put your primaries in, and it just kind of keeps like it just builds on it, right? And then we Fred was down the other day, and we just had a little conversation about. It. I was like, it, it's really it's he was very intimidated about trying to do pintails. Mm -hmm. And I said, just break it down. It's not his, his teal. He just finished look good. And I said, it's not really. Again, if you if you just kind of try to simplify this, it's not that complicated. It really is not. Oh. Um, and again, some and artists can make it look. You know, George can paint a, a painting. You know, he's an abstract artist. Truly, is what he would tell you if he was here with us. So, but you know, I'm not. Yeah, but but looking at how simplistic some of those paint schemes are. Um, last year, two years ago, I bought my daughter some of those Dixie decoys for her yes. to paint. Yep. 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 Right. And then you look at the paint job. I. We went with bluebills and canvas backs and you look at the paint scheme on them and it's like you paint the whole thing white you put some black on the tail you put some black on the chest mm -hmm. and that's pretty close to i mean by the by the eighth or ninth one we started doing some dry brushing and putting a little little bit of gray here and there just to see but like it's very simplistic you know you don't have to go if they're close enough to see the details of the feathers I'm hoping you're shooting by then. Hundred percent. Right? So. And, and I told, I told Fred, like with with this pinto, I was like, man, don't make it complicated. It's not. 
be, you know, you can be very, um, I'm going to rewind, transition to a goose. Yeah. He made some geese, right? He made some cannons. And he was really, I have a, I have something else I want to say about Canada goose decoys. I'll say this first. And actually, uh, Geoff just texted me, but, you know, Geoff was in the loop kind of with the Fred's making geese. So Jeff just started sending me these like really simply block painted Canada geese that look really good. So I was like, Fred, instead of like, don't make this complicated, right? And, he, you know, he's got his Bigfoot decoys, his floaters. He's got some other people's birds there and, and they, they, they really turned out nice, but he just basically kind of block painted them, you know, and yeah. they look, they look really nice. And again, so simple, simple was the best way to go for those geese. And I said the same thing for the, for the pintail. I said, just, man, don't complicate it. Just take your time with them. And, and, you know, if for nothing else to be subtle, don't any of this, any of this detail that when you're painting on it, don't make it, don't, excuse me, don't make it that complicated make it very subtle changes you know you don't want it i can't i can't speak in an artistic uh it's the word i want to say yeah. i can't speak artistically of like how many shades lighter it should be but it should be it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a great um co color shade i don't know what i want to say my point Shell. is yeah but my point is is like when you do the primaries if you're going to use burn umber and black for the primaries just make for the detail in the primary just don't make it like white right just make it like a, a subtle change of the primary color, right? Subtle change, right? Not like this harsh, hard break. And that's that's what I was trying. I don't know if I got the if that made sense or not, but that's what I was really trying to explain to him. Like just be just be easy with it, and you know, just be subtle. Yep. It made hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm all over the place this morning. It is flowing through me. It, did you have that uh, apple drink? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I'm going to segue, like started off this morning talking, like Karen was still here and we we're talking, talking with the builder. We need to get, go get the building permits for, for PBHQ. And like, it just started off. Like I made, I made a list of my, my rest of my decoys I need to make for the end of summer. Cause time's flying by. We looked at a calendar of, uh, just a big calendar of like, I, once I get to October and I, I really know I'm going to remember to answer your question. I have still want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm not hot but i'm a hot mess man i'm gonna take another drink of diet too see go what i just can't stop laughing <laughs> it, it, like half hurts to laugh so i'm sorry no no keep going it's good it's good but when october 1st gets here i'm going to be pretty much done so you know hey the building will be built in july well the building ain't getting built in july we're oh. mid, we're midway, and it, it could take four weeks to get this building permit. Okay, that's in mid August, and I can just see it. It's and, it, and he said, "Hey, we'll do it in August." Now I can see, well, it's probably going to be in September. And then, like you know, so I'm kind of it's kind of worrying me a little bit. But all right, rewind to Canada Goose decoys. Yep, I just listened to the Punishers Union Zero Four Thirty podcast episode one o three three. I was going to say one or three three. And it's with Craig Minson, as soon as it was ended, I got online and I, to support the cause, I got four dozen of the Punisher Pack Real Geese Decoys coming. There you right go. Right there. Punisher Pack. And I got that, what's the new bag with the, uh, with the magnets? Oh yeah, the, the tote bags that he's got? Yes, yes, yes. Because I figured I need, to, I need to carry these decoys around, right? Yeah, they are sharp. 
I don't think that the Punisher pack will get used here in Maryland in September, but it's de they're definitely going to PEI, so they're going to get shot over on PEI. So anyway, do a plug, man. Come on, Punisher pack. you got to be proud of that. Man, you know what? Number one, I want to say Craig Mintz is a genuine gem of a human being. Like that guy, and you look at, on the weekend, there was a car racing, and someone needed a car, and Craig has a spare, and you let him use, like, that guy is just an extraordinary human being. Um, but yeah, Damien approached him and he's just like, Hey, you know, what would it take to get a Punisher pack of decoys? And then we just started going on and talking about options and what we can do with it. And then Craig made the box design. It was delayed a little bit because it was hard to get cardboard for a bit. Mm -hmm. But now that cardboard's available, Craig put it out there. If you are in Canada and you want, this is one of the best value packs that you're going to get if you look at price-wise, right? So if you're in Canada, Canadian Waterfowl Supplies is where you go for them. If you're in the States, Webfoot Decoys or search Real Geese on Google, call Craig Mintz, tell him that you were listening to this show and see maybe, see what he can do. But uh, yeah, the Punisher pack. I didn't want to call. I didn't want to call, man. I just wanted to come in and get it done. Yeah. No. And that's, yeah, that's why, I did, that's why I did not call. So real geese decoys, he strives to make everything American made. And like he searches and he does his homework to try and get that done. So American made, and it's, it's really a small family kind of shop. Like if you call that shop, you're getting a hold of one of one or two or three people, right? Like there's Craig. And then the, I forget the other two's names. You're getting Tina, one of them. I think Tina. Yeah. And then it starts with a B. Yeah. I wanted to say Brit Brittany. I, I could be wrong. I don't want to. Yeah. I'm sorry if you're listening to this. That's I, I apologize. But yeah, there's there's Craig of the two ladies. And yeah, just excellent business. He's got going there. Here, you, you got a minute, right? Oh, yeah. And I still haven't forgot. I'm just going to go back and I'm going to tell you to make you feel better. Um. Uh, so Brandy, Brandy, that's what it was. Brandy, yep. number one and number two is Tina. I knew Tina. Yeah. I was thinking we do a Punisher um, hunt camps, mm -hmm. and Brittany is the we're doing a co-ed camp, and Brittany is the guide for the ladies' side. That's what it was. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm sorry, Brandy. I apologize. There's no worries. Yeah. And. You said about value, you didn't you didn't bring this part up because I will say this. In US dollars, the Punisher pack is $65. And I got free shipping. There you go. And yeah. I, and I ordered a bag. They I got an email saying, Hey, hold up. We got a better bag coming. So we're your bag's gonna be delayed, but we got a the, I guess the, I think it's the one with the uh it was the green one you guys I think showed, right? Yeah, the new with those new magnetic clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get yeah. I got a I got a follow-up email saying, hey, We'll, we'll get a bag to you, but we want to we want to get you the, the the latest and greatest in bag. So, yeah, that's all right. all right. Canada Goose decoys, the Punisher pack from Punisher Waterfowl, and you got your logo on the box. That's that's pretty badass, man. That's, I'm I'm trying to think of what to do with the box, right? <laughs> it should you be know? like right behind your head there instead of instead of your it, 41. Yeah, yeah. The 41 might have to come down now. Isn't there 42 now? Um, uh, it depends on depends on what what and how how you want to qualify them. How about? I agree. 
All right. Did, so, did you look at that black paint from our last episode? I, I did not. Oh, okay. I saw, I, I, saw, I saw the picture, but no, I didn't look it up. It's crazy, that stuff. It's like as black. You look at a picture of it, and it looks like someone computer used computer to like put the black in. It is I crazy. Saw, I saw the So I like to, here's a, man, I'm really going to go off. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just different than everybody else. I actually like, I, I usually follow you guys on YouTube, right? Yep. Do I have all the, all the other downloads for, for uh, podcasts? Sure. But I just tend, first off, I get it in my notifications every time you pop, you know, on Monday when the new one's up. And a matter of fact, I started listening because the YouTube version wasn't up yet. So I started listening to it. And I think within 15 minutes, I get the notification it was up on YouTube. So I X'd out it because you guys were talking about much like I just, if somebody's listening to this without the audio, sorry, without the video and audio only, I'm sitting here holding this decoy and they're like, what, you know, can't yeah. see what's what, right? So I'd rather see, rather see what you guys were talking about. And, uh, but by the time towards the end of, I saw the picture of the paint, but then I had to go change a hose. I had put phone in my pocket and, you know. Yeah. working on some other stuff but i didn't i did not go much further to, to check to check it out myself so yeah it, it's kind of neat i, I kind of want to see if if it's ever used and how it would be used right yeah. it, i think it's expensive by the sounds of it that's yeah it did sound expensive so I, somebody much much smarter than myself can truly explain this but isn't paints and shades and colors in the in the light spectrum that that's the only shade or color that's the paint does not absorb it absorbs everything else except what we see am i saying that correctly this might be one of these things where i don't even want to talk about it then because i don't want to that's you know yeah, that sounds like rocket appliance to me a, i'm stupid already i don't want to be any stupider or no. <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's about me that's that's rocket appliance so no, I, yeah. I think there's i think there is some there's some truth to that because because Supposedly the military had a paint that absorbed all, all the colors in the in the light spectrum prism. And then it, because it absorbed it all, it appeared to be, it appeared to be that it wasn't there. It appeared to be invisible. Wow. Yeah. But that may be actually with the black paint is black. That's it made me think about, yeah, there's some paint that that you know the government designed that like military design that like it absorbs like you know 99% of all light. And and therefore it like almost becomes invisible. I should that's Google crazy. That. I should Google. Yeah. That. Um, I can't. I can't. What what would I even Google? I right. Know. I had to look last night. I had to Google young 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 Tanya Tucker to see what she looked like. That, that was my that's the, my latest paint that absorbs all light. Or light. I don't know. Yeah, it, there's your. Is that the car? Uh, I don't think that's the one that they have, but that looks pretty. That's. It it absorbs. It's the world's darkest material, and it absorbs ninety nine point nine six five of all visible perpendicular, all light visible perpendicular to the object. So there is something. Good. All right. All right. That's enough. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I can't speak intelligently about it. So yeah. something, something. All right. Let's get back. Carving tools. That's what you said, right? Just getting into it. Like, what yeah, do I right. need to get into it? So I tell everybody that you need, if you don't have one, you need to have access to a bandsaw. 
Okay. okay? Uh, in my case, I have a, a, it doesn't really matter the brand, but I do advise it, it's at mine's happens to be a, a Delta 14 inch. There's a lot of 14 inch saws out there. I like to get the riser block that you can add and it makes, makes your blade 105 inches. Yep. So that's, that's, that would be the, uh, doesn't that have to be a Delta, but I would definitely go with a 14 inch that you have a riser block making again, the blade 105 inches long. I, if you, if you have the money to do it, I would strongly suggest a Fordham tool. I have some people I know that try to do with Dremel and Dremel's just not the same thing, you know, no. a Fordham tool. If, if someone's not, excuse me, Mountain Dews and feeling it, a Fordham tool would be the, the old, 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 maybe some people say that I'm really old because they've never experienced this, but if, if back in the day, when you went to the dentist, there was a foot pedal on the floor and he had this motor hanging here with this shafted tool that they're in there grinding. If you, I don't have any fillings, but if they were going to, to, to grind that. So it's kind of a takeoff on that where it's, it's basically, it's a, uh, you have a foot pedal, you have a motor that hangs, you have a, a, um, uh, actually a pretty durable cable that comes down to a handpiece that you then put all your cutters into the handpiece. So that's what a Fordham tool is. Uh, I think there's, there's a, there's a kind of a different brand, a Wetcher or something, something. Uh, anyway, Fordham is the one I would suggest. Um, I go with the most aggressive cutters on there. You can, the, there's everything out. You can't say everything is out there, but there are many, 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 many cutters for you to choose from that Sanders, um, Knife carving knives. Way back in the day, I would use a knife on uh, basically just cutting out the bill, carving the bill. Um, but today, in today's, I just I mostly speed. I, I afford them to afford them, tool them out, and you can still even like how you would use your knife to, to carve the bill. You can you, the put the right cutter in the in the Fordham, and you, you can really do the same thing. Um, I do go back and take a burner, a wood burner, and I, that, I, I burn the edges of my bill in. The bill meets the face. So we got a bandsaw. We've got your Fordham tool. If you kind of want to go like truly kind of entry level, man, I, I had this, and I, I don't know, uh, Karen, she was sitting here, she could tell you, but basically they are, I don't know the guy, I can't remember who it was. It was from down south. Sent me basically their horse hoof um files those things are great man that uh i've not used i've not done them on wood but on cork bodies man that these things are they're they got to be pushing a two and a half inches wide 14 15 inches long and they're just aggressive as can be and i, I found myself on this teal or actually no not on the teal on the uh the bigger body i did a couple surf scoters recently and goldeneye and i mm -hmm. Just to kind of help me do the backs real quick, even though I had the power tool for them sitting there right by my side, I just grabbed, you know, grabbed the hand tool and, and went went that way with it. So there's a bunch of rasps, rasps and files that you can you can use. The more dense the material, you know, the harder it is to use those you know rasps and files, right? You do you do need if you're doing all wood bodies or the heads, you really do need to have some power tools. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yes, good. I was gonna say, ask me a question. Well, no, and some of the other things, like I've seen guys use draw knives. Mm -hmm. um, they kind of put fasten it to a, a vice and, and use draw knives to kind of get that. But nowadays, just like you were saying, the bandsaw, you can cut out a lot of material with that bandsaw and kind of negate needing that draw knife, right? 100%. That's what I found. Now, 100%. If, 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 if anybody does get it, check, check out my YouTube videos. When you use the bandsaw, please, man, if you're not comfortable or do not have a lot of experience, 
don't don't use the bandsaw the way use the the way I use the bandsaw stutter. Yeah. Don't use well, the bandsaw. same with you using the circular saw when I Jesus, <laughs> that video. So if you haven't seen it, guys, Jeff takes his circular saw and he, I think he prefaces it with, don't do what I do, and just zoop, and then he's flipping the wood as he's using the circular saw. And it, it, had to get it done, man. Had to get it done. Had to get it done. Yeah. So back back in middle back in our industrial middle schools, there was this, you watch this video called Primitive Pete. I actually found, I think in the video I went and found a picture of Primitive Pete and I put it, you know, kind of put it over there. But yeah. But um, yeah, please, I I do I do get some some negative criticism or critiquing negative critiquing about how I use the band soap. So please, if you go and watch it, like just be just be careful for sure. Yeah, it's it's a tool, and every tool has its inherent risks, right? Yeah. So remember this too: only the front side of the blade can cut you. Yeah. yeah. Or what I used to always tell guys too: when you go to the grocery store, you look back in the meat counter. What are they cutting the meat with? Yeah. Band soap. So be yeah. careful. Yeah, that's good. So what materials would you start with? Would you start with cork or or would you go to seed? Like in today's world, actually, I just looked up for PBHQ, uh, the two inch pink foam. We're going yep. to be using a lot of that under the concrete with radiant heat. But um, I, I'm out of touch really with foam prices. But I, I know guys used to go to like Home Depot or Lowe's or Canadian Tire and uh, buy like, you know, the just siding insulation blue insulation kind of stuff and they they glue it up and you know, take their rasp and, and work it up i, I think you know, i've always told people this if i if i was going to go through the effort to do the foam i would just go ahead and get myself a piece of cork because whatever you do make even even you know cork cork is 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 not the strongest material cork's not wood right but cork's mm -hmm. definitely stronger than foam so if you're going to take the time to really make this thing i would i would say try to do even if you had to, if you found black cork, black cork versus tan cork, I, I would, I would just, I would just delve, delve, dove, dive right in and do cork. Not, I wouldn't mess with foam. Yep. And again, I would, I would think in today's what, what episode one hundred three, foam. Yep. Right. The shortage of the whole the story about the Corvettes not being in Ohio, not being able yep. to get seats made or something like that. So yeah, foam, foam's got to be foam's a petroleum product, so it's. It's got to be expensive. Everything's expensive, right? Yeah, everything's Even costly what? these days. But I would think that foam is is just as much. Cork used to be cheap. Yeah, you know what? You know what cork is? It it's just basically like rubber and and wood, isn't it? Like kind of put together. No, no. So cork comes from Portugal, and it's okay. it's tree bark. So it, these these trees are in the oak family, and they have these orchards, if you will of this tree and i don't know how quickly it grows back but when they when they go and like basically have a saw cut the cut the bark and they're peeling this stuff off and it comes off and like if you imagine like a casing where you know they cut it and they almost have like two the two half like they'll go circular the bottom and the top go down um 180 degrees from each other and cut down and basically these two huge like halves of it's like if you took a pipe and cut it in half running with the pipe yep they have these two u-shaped pieces of a tree bark yeah. Um, so tree bark, uh, there was a company in, in North America, a, a Wiley Cork Company, Wiley Cork Company, and they were in Wilmington, Delaware, and they actually imported tree bark. They ground it up. And if you remember the old like Plato extruder kind of things, they would yeah. had a big hopper and basically their cork with their binder 
like came out like kind of like Play-Doh does. Uh, and originally they were only making two inch thick. So you you did, if you want to make a full size bird, you had to you know, basically, you had to, had to glue two together. They sold it. I can't remember the dimensions, but they sold it a, a box of what they call duck blocks, which would have been probably, I don't know, 14 inches, two inches, eight inches wide, you know, so, something like that kind of dimension. And then they had a, they had goose blocks and the goose blocks were bigger. Uh, it took them a little while to actually then make the four inch cork. But the beauty, the beauty about their cork is it was in their binder. And I don't know, I can't tell you what the binder was, but their cork did not absorb water at all. You could take a raw piece of cork, stick it in a five gallon bucket a month later. It, it has not absorbed any of that water. Some, they made, uh, they made many, many different um, types of cork and uses that their, their cork got you know, sold for. One of the big things was it was bridge expansion joints. So this stuff was weatherproof, right? Yep. Um, so, so it went, you know, beautiful, beautiful material, hand in hand to make, you know, to make decoys. I'm going to date myself, but a four inch piece that was 24 inches by 36 inches. I can't do the metric conversion on that, but you, you know what I'm saying, right? We use inches up here for building materials. Geoff always talks in metric to me. He tells me, he tells me what the temperature is in Celsius. I, yeah. So Celsius speed. Speed and temperature, definitely. But when it comes to building materials, like I use a two by four for my house okay. for framing, you know, like, yeah, it's. Yeah. I learned something. Yeah. Yeah. So 24 by 36 is two foot by three foot, right? Like Exactly. Yeah. We know our feet and our, and, because and three, of that. And three feet is a yard, but your meter is bigger than our yard. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 All right. That sheet of cork, the first ones I ever bought, they were $30. But at the end, when the, when they basically sold the piece of property, that sheet was eighty dollars, and it wasn't it wasn't really that long long of a, a stretch. One of the problems was, and I can't. It's been a while, but if I say a euro, do you know what I'm talking about? Yep, like euro dollars. Yes. Yeah. So evidently, when in Europe, when the euro came in vogue, I guess let's we should say that probably like uh, minimum wages came in effect. So the, the cork that they imported increased by three times. He didn't, he didn't get any more cork. He didn't get better cork. It just, his cork cost him three times as much. And then I think the story goes, his shop wanted to become unionized and Marty Wiley was on the older side of things. And he's like, man, my property is worth, the property was worth money. You know, it was, it was, a, it was a huge factory, but you know, it was a very industrial they they use a very small piece of this factory, but like you went in there and like you just went in this door and went like it was it was it was a crazy place, man. It was it was crazy as in it was just really cool. Like yeah. it was a, it was like a, a factory from like the fifties, you know, kind of thing. And and I don't know what originally it was, but I do know they had a huge water tower outside and it said Wiley Cork. And in the ducks, dogs, and decoys days, probably like two thousand five or two thousand six, I know that the you know the business had been sold. The property was gone, and I went there thinking, man, well, I thought that the building would still be there. And I pulled up, and I was shocked. It was just like, it was almost like it was freshly seeded dirt, right? I'm like, oh, man, like I missed it. And I looked over to the side, and there's the water tower was was still there. And you could just barely make out. It said, like, kids have been up there, graffiti and stuff, but you could still make out. It said, wildly cool. I thought that was pretty cool. I just got a little chip. It was pretty cool, you know, neat, neat little thing. But where am I going with this? So nowadays, the cork is important. 
imported from Portugal. And sadly, the imported Portugal cork does absorb water pretty good. So, yeah. I can't tell you the process how black cork is made, but there is some something something in that's, it. That's the rubberized cork, right? That's what I call it. So to me, it's burnt. Okay. That's so to me what I, what I know tree bark to be. That's it's that's burnt tree bark, and I but I don't know like I yeah. like when I cut it on a bandsaw. There's like little hard like there's like charcoal. There's like little hard pieces in there. Okay. Yeah. So see the. The stuff I'm thinking of is like in your duck call, the cork in your duck call. Yep. When I go to order that for when I make a call, there's regular cork and then there's the rubber. It says rubberized. rubberized. So that's what, yeah. So that's what I was thinking. So yeah. there is a, there is a company in Canada, Jelnik. Okay. And their, their cork was always very, almost like it was kind of like that. It was, yeah. first of all, it was very dense. The cork was ground very, very fine. And I can your your reference about about a uh, oh man look at that it doesn't even have you I'm you on know, my phone the first well, time. well that's what I thought well, this this is a Buck Gardner uh, Delta Waterfowl it just came in the mail the other day but yes I'm, that's what I was when I pulled that call apart that's that's the rubber ice cream that's a Dave Palmer right there that is very nice yeah. keep that tucked away. <laughs> yeah um cork is we're talking about materials right yeah okay so yes yeah, when i asked you if you knew what cork cork was cork is tree bark comes from the uh i don't know what region of portugal but basically portugal yeah portugal now, when well I was, I was just gonna say like the other materials you could use are wood right and is there anything special you're looking at like like when it comes to making calls, like for a turkey call, duck call, you, you want a certain hardness. Like I'm not going to use maple all the time. Like um, there's certain woods that work better than others. But like you said, you can just go to the hardware store, get some two by two or two by eight spruce and screw it together and, and do that way too. Right. So like hundred percent. Yeah. All right. I want to, I want to say, I want to say something for us. I get into that. So each morning, day in and day out with my sea duck hunting i like to be on the ocean so we go out the inlet i'm you know i'm like just almost like now i'm just like yakking i'm just not yakking throwing up i'm just splitting stuff out telling people you know this that the other about the area you know we got the inlet and i already told them here's see all those lights that's the boardwalk and blah 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 so i'm doing decoys i'm down in the boat and somebody says hey jeff what's that shoreline over there uh, it's ocean city no, no, no. That shoreline over there, like pointing away from Ocean City. And I was like, what are you talking? Yeah, he says, look, see that shoreline I can see over there. I said, that's Portugal. That's, that wasn't that wasn't a good joke, I know, but <laughs> they were they were they were from up from uh, Pennsylvania Lake Erie. And I guess like you could I guess certain times you can see across the lake, right? Yeah. And, and it was they were and, and to their to their credit, there was this little low line of clouds, right? That you know. But it's the Atlantic Ocean, man. Like it's not like you know. <laughs> but, yeah. But but that's my joke about Portugal. I always say I, I'll tell it. I tell if if they don't ask me, I usually tell them. It's like yeah, one day, see that over there, and they're like, what? I said you can't see Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how to get people going? Yeah. So materials. I'm sorry. No. It, it depends on where you go and the style of the style of carving. So like let's let's say if you're on the Upper Chesapeake Bay. Those guys are like the Pat Vincenti uh, surf scoter I showed you there a bit ago. They are 
turning those bodies on a duplicator. Yeah. So as long as it's dried wood, really doesn't matter what it is. Now, those birds, particularly Pat made for me, because I was concerned about the weight of them, I did ask him to hollow them, you know, open it, cut them, carve them, cut them in half. You know, and you can put a you can put a screw through the head too to make sure that you know screws you know the head stay on. But like if you could just hollow that thing out on the on the uh, Forsner bit on a drill press, and he did. But it it really depends on where you go. Number one, to the style of carving to what what would you guys will use, and then secondly, and this I think it happens with everybody. It's just the avail what is available to you, right? The wood that I like is northern white cedar, dried dried northern white cedar. Um. Guys, Pat would use basswood for his heads. His style, the way he cuts, they call it the gill. There's, it's not gills, but the way they cut that side of the bill in, um, they would consider that to be, they, in Haverty Grace, the upper bay, they call that the gill of, of the head or the duck or the bill. Um, and, and basswood, the grain, it's still light, a lightweight wood, not as light as northern white cedar, but it's still lightweight wood. But the way that they, they carve with a knife, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's very sturdy. It, it takes the knife very well. It's like, it's, there's not going to be parts chunking out. Yeah. If, if they would do the same style of carving they do with my piece of Northern white cedar, you may have a chunk or two come out. So that's, they would tend to tend to stay away with that. Um, but, but yeah, my, my choice of, of wood would be Northern white cedar, just because number one, it's, it's, it's very light. Number two, it's very easy for you to carve by hand. Like my heads, even though I did them with a Fordham tool and I've I've used power tools, ultimately at the end, I take a, a take a, a sheet of sandpaper, quarter it. I take and, and put duct tape on the back side of of the quarter of a sheet, and then I fold I fold them in. So basically, I just took a quarter of a sheet, and now I've got three choices. Eventually, three three surfaces to use, not sixty grit paper, and I can take and, and sand. Saying that by hand, and I mean the the, the dry, northern white cedar dry just sands so so nice, um, rot resistant. Even if it gets wet, it's not bad, and it's just all all around good wood. So that's that would be my number one choice. Um, I know out uh, sugar pine guys out west. There's sugar pines more available on the west coast, um, and white pine. If you can find a piece of clean, clear white pine, that that would be good. The cedar trees. Specifically, like let's say to New Jersey, they're a, they're a smaller tree. So when you think about when a like a big tree, when they take it and cut it on a bandsaw, or excuse me, not a bandsaw, although the portable um, the portable saws. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like the portable bands. Yes, they, they really are bandsaw. But I mean, I would say probably in a big lumber yard, they're cutting on a on a huge a huge blade, right, or a circular blade. Yeah, quite often the big pieces of northern white cedar we get, you can actually see the saw kerf that they were cut, you know, cut on a round blade. And the, you know, like at Pat's house, and there's a really cool video. You want to, you might have to dig a little bit. He went and found these, and they came from southern Delaware. They were power poles. That some of these things were 36 inches in diameter. They must have. They were huge, huge freaking trees back in the day, and. He he got the piece. I think only the the story is only the piece that went in the ground had creosote on it. I think, and but anyway, they were cutting these things, and I, and I, I shot video of it. There's like literally the porta band. There's like literally water coming out as they as they cut them. But it was incredible. He um these little short segments. I can't of uh, not short segments, you know, uh, trunks segment of the tree of the not the tree but the power pole. Uh, 
Yeah, Pat said, I said, Pat, how many decoys are you going to get out of this thing? Because he had a he had his little gauge and he was he wanted he wanted the blocks to be cut a certain size. So when they turned them on the duplicator, he's like, Jeff, that's 228 bodies right there, or something crazy, you know. And it was just like from this wow. segment of a of a of a of the base of the pole, it wasn't really really that big. Um so where am I trying to go with this? The northern white cedar trees get, get <laughs> man, it's a good thing I'm not drinking. <laughs> It is flowing for me there, 100%. Let's slow down. You know what I think this means is that when we come down to hunt with you or when you come up to hunt with us, I think we're going to have a good time just based on the conversation <laughs> we're able to have. Just, you know. <laughs> All right. So when you get a piece of wood, you cannot use the center. We call that the heart. So there can't be any of the very center. You know, if you cut a piece of a cut a limb, Mark takes his chainsaw and cuts stuff. You know, the center of that tree is where the heart is, right? So when they take and they cut it, either on the circular salt at the um, lumber yard, or not the lumber yard, but the, the mill or the porta man, you, you have to get rid of that center part. So the bigger the tree, the bigger hunks of wood that you're going to have. Yeah, obviously trees are curved, right? So and if you want to try to get a rectangular, looking at it through a, a section of it, if you want to try to get a rectangular piece out of that, it's, it's got to be a... a the, the larger that rectangle would be, the bigger the tree has to be. Yep. The Jersey cedar doesn't grow as big. So therefore has a lot more knots in it. And it's just not as it's, it's a, it's more of like a juniper, I believe too. And then if you get in the Carolinas, there's, there's uh there's cedar there. Um, Polonia cottonwood. That's another, that's another, uh, a good wood for bodies. I don't necessarily think for heads, but um, I don't even know where I'm at now, man. No, we were just talking about like what kinds of woods would be good for that. But really at the end of the day, you're going to be sealing it up with paints or right. hundred percent. And that's kind of what's going to give you the waterproofing. Yes. So here, here is, here's an idea or a tip for you. You had talked about screwing pieces together, right? Yep. Okay. So if I'm going to make, let's say my sea ducks, my scoter, I like to make hollow cedar bodied scoter. And I usually like to make them at least four inches tall, four inches thick. The, uh, to buy a four inch piece of wood, bo not the board, not the board feet, but well, it does reflect it. Excuse me, there has to be official pitfall springtime available on iTunes. Sorry about that. <laughs> that, that, one, that happened last episode. Um, no, you know what? You need to make a ringtone that's just you going, lead it, lead it, lead it, lead, <laughs> lead it. it, lead it, lead it, lead it, lead it. I should do that. Thank you. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, so, Wood is sold by board foot, one inch yeah. by 12 by 12. That's the way they figure out board, board feet. The, the smaller the piece of wood, quite often, the lower or the lower the board foot cost or what they're charging you for. So when you get a, a big four inch piece, they will actually quite often charge you more per board foot for that piece of wood than if you would go and get two two inch pieces. Right. Yeah. So you can buy you can buy the let's say I want to have a um, a four inch piece tall and, and say 10 inches wide and the length is, you know, the length's the length. But if you went and got two inch by 10, take and screw those things together, bandsaw it, carve the thing all out like you want. We're going to hollow it out anyway, undo the screws, open it back up. Now you can hollow the bird out versus the four inch piece. You, you paid a premium for that four inch piece of cedar. Eventually you're going to do the same thing. Plus you got to take the, you're going to take the time and effort to cut, cut the bird 
open again to, to hollow it out. So I did, uh, when you, I heard you say something about uh, screwing the spruce together. So yeah, yeah. I, mean, I would, I would suggest it's, and, or if you had a three inch and a one inch or whatever, whatever combination you want to make the height body, whatever the height would be, it's, it's, it's better, honestly, to, to screw, you know, screw two pieces together versus buying, buying that thick piece. Yeah. That was well, one. No, it makes sense though. And that's, hopefully this gets people more into it, right? Because nowadays we're seeing more and more people just, what's the cheapest decoy option at Cabela's or wherever, right? And they're just, mm -hmm. man, that stuff's not going to last you forever. I'm, I'm now of the point that I want to try and get things that I can hand down to my grandkids and they can hunt with it, right? Eventually. Are they going to, that, are they going to get some Punisher packs? That, oh, hopefully I have enough left over, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's something that that's kind of lost on us is that, 100%. you know, and, and my spread, if I go out and I buy the same packs that the four guys hunting beside me all have, it's all looking the same, but when you start carving it yourself, you get the pride of having it yourself and you can make it look however you want. Right. So 100%. that's where I'm going with it. I, I do think, I mean, so I do get a lot of interaction with people. Um, I would think, you know, obviously all the social media aspects, you know, people reach out, but I think on YouTube is probably because they are, you know, the YouTube videos, but I think that's probably where I get the most interaction, most questions. Um, and there, there does, I was about to say, you know, like shows in general, especially decoy shows are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, but there is, but at the same time, this, there really does seem to be quite, a, quite interest. You know, I have people daily, somebody it's not, and it's not the same person saying it to me all the time. Right. So there yeah. is, there is a pool of people out there that are, are very interested in it, want to learn how to do it. Um, much like the Peyton and Pintail with Fred, Fred West. I mean, I guess there is, there is a lot of intim intimidation, you know, it's something that if you don't, you, you don't know, or haven't done, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing that, 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 um, you know, I can see that. Uh, I, I can see it. I can, I can see that, that I, I, how about this? Here's a quick little story. So I'm going to enter my first decoy contest and it's the Happy Grace decoy show. I was born in Happy Grace, Maryland. Hey, I'm, I'm going to, the competitiveness in me is like, I'm going to go, I want to go win a ribbon, man. I'm going to, I want to go show them. I know what I'm doing. Right. So black ducks. Yeah, that's, that's got, that was the, that was the rig bird. And my problem was up to that point, I would make one of this and one of that and one of this and one of that. I never made there. I would, here's, so let's spin this off into a, a uh, advice help. I would try to make a lot of one bird first versus trying to make one bird of a lot of species. I think, I think the repetitiveness of doing the same head, like if I have six, eight, 10 heads and I can, I'm, it's the same bird. I think, I think I, I learned easier. I, how about this? I became more consistent in my carving doing that style where I had, again, a line of the same bird, even if, even if the heads are different, like we talked about, like those teal, but it's still teal. So I'm still, still basically the same bird, even though they are slightly different, but it's still the same bird versus me trying to make Here's a teal head. Here's a canvas back head. Here's a scoter head. Here's a canvas, you know, or I would say canvas by bluebill, you know, whatever on down the line, a widgeon. It's better to do, you know, six widgeon versus six of one species. I think, even though I get that, you know, Hey, I want to have a, I want to have a variety, but I think in, when you're beginning carving, I think that it's more, it's more beneficial for you to carve 
many of the same thing. Um, yeah. And um, where am I going with that, man? I don't know. No, that you know what you're just you led right into my next question is like, Good. yeah, that's perfect. That's yeah, but it's the truth. That's it's being oh my story about the decoy contest. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I've been just making these single birds, single birds, single birds. All right. So here is my duck. That how hard could it be to paint a black duck? Yeah, the body's just black. Yeah, this is this is, <laughs> and yet and usually in the rig contest you had to make. Two six six birds, and two of them had to be hens. Okay, so the bill's a little different. Like it's not like I'm doing buffle head drakes and hens. Like this is going this is going to be so easy for me to do. So I, I'm go down to the museum Sunday morning. I'm like I'm here to kick some ass, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I don't know any of these guys. They're they're gonna know who I am when this is over because I'm I'm gonna get a ribbon. My I was totally embarrassed, man. Totally totally embarrassed. My black duck looked. I don't even know what I was like today. If I had, they're out, out in the garage, but if I showed you the back, I, I don't even know what I was thinking here. I really don't. And here's this old guy. I'm old guy now, but here's this old guy. I didn't ask his, I didn't ask for anybody's critique. I didn't ask anything. George Williams comes rolling over. He, he begins to tell me everything that's wrong with my bird. And Bob and uh, Bob Barrows and Sandy Allen come over They're George's age. They come over and kind of put their arm around me like, step away come with us jeff he mean he means no harm <laughs> like you know, they're, they're good friends with george they'd be like more of like he he means well but like yeah, yeah here come, come with us it's it's okay but like george yeah. just freaking ripped those things apart you know and it was just i was like wow i really i really thought you know my, my arrogance of I'm gonna, they're, they don't know who i am they, they're gonna know who i am and i was just like oh my goodness now that spun into but before the before the event was over, George came back to me. I didn't apologize, but he came back over to me. He's like, here's my phone number. He says, you're more than welcome to come over anytime you'd like. He says, I will tell you anything that you want to know. Bring it again. Smartphones weren't this is this would have been those black ducks were probably 1990. 90, 94 or five, somewhere in there. Um, so we didn't have the technology wasn't what it, what it was today. I still, it's upstairs. I still had the original. I took a notebook over and I said, he literally, he said, what birds do you want to paint? Uh, a, a black duck. So he said, this is the colors, head, bill, body, on down, prime, you know, widget. Okay. This is the ta rump, tail, detail, the primaries, the secondaries, the, uh, you know, the sides, the sides, the top, the head. Like he just, it was just very deep. He was very open to just, just sitting there, sitting there in his shop. And he just, he told me everything. And, yeah. um, it was just, it was super nice. And I, I, again, I give George credit, a lot of credit and, for, for my decoys today. And at the end of the day, they did know your name because you actually tried. You came yes. out yeah. and you, you compete, right? Like, look at how many people are sitting there going, they might have a great decoy, but they're going, ah, I don't know if I should compete. No, get out there, show people what you can do and you'll learn from it. You know, at the, at the very least, you might get a mentor out of it. You know, that, that's, that's something that, yeah, we're, we're very fortunate in this day and age. Like my kid, I'm looking at the, the advancement that they have, like how quickly they can get all that basic knowledge through mediums like YouTube. And whereas back in the day you had to go and sit with people and, and learn. Right. 100%. And, and nowadays they're just, they're skipping a huge part of that learning curve just because of technology and social media and that, and it is good and it's bad. Like um, at the same time, like he doesn't understand the sitting with the older guys, listening to their stories. Like, well, I can just go on YouTube for that stuff. Like, it, so that part of it's missing, but 
man, these kids are going to be coming out with some fantastic stuff in the new next few years. Like, right. So it's good. Yeah. Uh, and George always used to say too, like, he's like, man, if, if I don't tell you, or if I don't tell anybody, like my knowledge, just I'm dead. Gone. I'm on like the knowledge is gone. Like he said, I want to, I want to, even, even though he is, you know, he's, he is very much a character. Like I think there is some genuineness in him and, um, George can be abrasive. <laughs> George can be very abrasive and uh, has been left, has been asked to leave some decoy contests before. Um, <laughs> but, I think, but, deep, but deep down, I, the guy is genuine. And, and like I said, man, I give, I give him a lot of credit for definitely my painting style. He taught me all about Golden's yeah. acrylics. Um, you know, he dialed me into, into, into the, you know, what cork I should be using, the cedar. I was using basswood at the time for my head. So I, that's where I switched over to cedar. Um, I, you know, I keep up with, I don't know how old George, George probably, no offense if George is listening, but I mean, he's probably 80 years old today. And, yeah. uh, but no, man, like I, I keep up with him currently keep up with him. Matter of fact, there's a bird that I really, he's got sitting there for me. And I just, each time I go past, he's, he's just outside Dover, Delaware. And each past, each time I go past, I call text, whatever. And we just never, he's never, we, we haven't aligned to, I'm, I need to buy a bird from him, um, to, to complete my collection i have a bunch of scoter that he made for me back in the day and, and um he has a i don't have any of his white wings so i want to have a white wing of his so i need to get by there and um and pick that up but but yeah i try to i guess because he you know i think i'm a nice guy anyway but at, yeah. the, same, but at the same time i mean people told me lots of stuff donald hughes you know, donald used to say he was full of useless knowledge and, and like i i picked up tried to pick up all the knowledge i could from him kind of thing yeah and and there's some of that stuff that no one will ever pick up on youtube like you know, go get that mentor, go sit down with them, go learn from them. It's, it's, yeah. That's I, I joke around a lot about the world, Pitbulls World Headquarters, PBHQ, the farm. I'm, but sincerely and honestly, like I'm, I'm excited for many different reasons, but I'm going to have, I'm pausing because I, I, I don't know if it's going to be a great shop. I don't know if it's going to, I was going to say it's an awesome shop, but like that's, that's kind of relative and it's in the eye of the beholder, but I can tell you this, I am going to have a shop there and I truly do plan on trying to uh, moving into the future. Like I want to have carving classes. If the pond gets dug, which I, I need to, I need to get on somebody today about that this afternoon. I can dig a pond, but in the years, maybe there's not a lot of water around. My pond is going to be an eyesore, so I need somebody to to make a pond on to make a a visually pleasing, aesthetically pleasing pond. So when maybe if there's not a lot of rain, I'm not sure how much water will hold. It's not going to look like a huge eyesore. But all that said, sincerely, we have it in our plans for next April that we're I'm gonna I'm gonna have a decoy contest there. I don't know that you know the Pitbulls Ward headquarters is not going to be. Well, it should be a, it should be a long, very very the timeline. It should be pretty far down the timeline i don't think we'll be living there yet but um i, I plan if, if the pond is successful i want to have a, i want to have a decoy contest there next year so just you heard it here first folks <laughs> we got big plans people don't know who i am but i'm going to come down to that decoy contest i'm putting a bird in it and then they're going to know who and i they're am they're going to know right so that yeah so that day though so instead of me going there and kicking ass i got my ass kicked so but it was and that's fine it is <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think I think we're at about an hour, bud, aren't we? We are. I think we may be over an hour. And I, I, my diet dues is uh well. There's no more ice, and it's 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 pretty much empty. My water's empty too. Yeah. So it it's been a great chat, man. I 
the I went into this thinking, you know what, we're just going to talk, but then I got to learn so much. So I really enjoyed this, man. That I appreciate it. That's thank you. And once again, for episode two, I feel like I just got interviewed. It wasn't an interview. No, no, no. It think of it as you're the master teaching me, right? Mm-hmm. This wasn't a more of an interview. It was more of a, a learning session. That's how I'm looking at it. Can I can I tell a quick anecdotal story? Yeah. Okay. So George Williams. We're and now I'm, you know, I think my stuff's pretty good. So they have a single, well, it's kind of changed up these days, but if anybody has ever seen the Harry Grace Decoy Museum, and I would strongly suggest it's decoymuseum.com. Get online and check them out. If you don't want to become a member, it's not a big deal, but you should definitely, definitely check out the museum. And if you're ever traveling up or down I-95, and you, you see the sign of Havre, the, the sign that says the town of Havre, Greece. You got it, and there's a decoy museum sign out of 95 too. Man, you got it. You got to stop. You got to do yourself a favor and stop. It's open 364 days a year. It's not open Christmas. Uh, I think the hours are 11 to 4, so it's basically open all the time. And uh, it's 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 beautiful. It's right on the shores of the Susquehanna Flats, where all the market gunning, the sink boxes, all that stuff took place. Canvasbacks by the you know tens of thousands out there, but. The real, if you want to say real, I'll say real. The real gunning decoys, actually, they have they have tanks and decorative birds are judged in tanks and stuff. But we, we, I, whomever had the, well, it wasn't my idea. But I like to enter the contest that were floated right out on the Susquehanna Flats. So the singles were done out, like floating on the water. You stood on the, there's a little promenade boardwalk around, and that's that's where they got judged from. And the rigs were done out there, too. So anyway, I'll speed this up. I've done pretty well. The last three birds. So they're going to pick the best puddle duck, the best diver, and the best goose or confidence bird. The way that the way that the, the contest worked, those will be the last three birds. So it's, it was the best. It's going to be the best of show puddle duck, whatever that happens to be. And in this case, it was a wood duck. It was George Williams wood duck. They picked the best um, and show diving duck, sea duck or diving duck. And I have a scoter. And then they pick the best goose or confidence, and I have a brand. So I've got what's my percentages of winning. But I know what's going to happen is George is going to win, and I'm going to get second, and third. I'm like, that, this was my this was my opportunity to win, and I'm I'm not going to win. I'm not going to win best of show. My scoter won, George got second, and my brand got third. So we, it was, it was, it was a really cool moment. I still had the picture. We're all, you know, standing with our birds and, and George reaches on the ground and picks up a pebble and he says, snatch this from my hand. And I did. He says, I can teach you no more. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So anyway, I had to tell that quick little story. That, that's a great story. That is, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm serious, man. I, I will, okay. I'll, I, I will find a picture. Uh, but like sincerely, man, we're at the back, the back lot of the parking lot, the museum's in the background. He reaches down and picks up a pebble and he says, snatch this from my hand. And I took it. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, I can teach you no more. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. One final question. And Good. don't, don't think of it's an interview. I think it is an interview. First, <laughs> first bird to carve. Which one do you think? Like I'm sitting here thinking I want a teal rig just because I don't have a teal rig right now. But the paint, not the more I look at it, the paint is going to be just something to learn, right? Yeah. But Where would like, you start? Well, but again, you could still make you can make a teal very simple. It doesn't have to be again. Thinking back to the block painting and like Fred's Canada geese, you you could make 
I mean, everybody can say, yeah, there's a lot going on there. But again, from a distance, it's a gray bird, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's but I guess if you, um, to, to use my analogy of like with the contest, you know, black duck would be, you know, basically you, you can get away with just painting the body one solid color. It doesn't have to be fancy or simple. I'm sorry. It does not have to be fancy. Make it very simple. And the heads can be simple too. It's, it's not, it's not that you're, I think diving ducks are Drake diving ducks are pretty easy to do your, your analogy with the, the Dixie decoy. Yeah. You know, um, canvas back blue bill, redhead. They're pretty much, you know, they're, you could block, you could block paint those things pretty easily. Think about like the old, uh, like the old styrofoam herders, canvas backs and blue bills and stuff. Those they're not complicated at all. No. Yeah. So, I mean, you could, you could, I guess to answer your question, a, a, a Drake diving duck, a Drake canvas back, a Drake bluebill, a Drake redhead, a black duck. Those yeah. are probably, those are probably going to be your, from the paint painting perspective, uh, you know, to me, the carving is going to be pretty much all the same. Right. Yeah. But from a paint perspective, I would, that's what I would tell you. Even like, a, you know, like Fred's goose, like Canada geese turned out really well. Like, sim like, I think there's one, two, three, four, four colors in the like the fifth one is like a shade of one of the fourth colors right so it's not it doesn't have to yeah be, it doesn't have to be kind like black and white and then black and white mixed right mm -hmm. so it's it's good. the truth yeah all right so i think there's going to be episode three 100 there will yep. yep yep so we'll we will we will dive into punisher waterfowl and the podcast that is the union zero four thirty. um we'll find out about I, I'll learn something about you because I, I really don't know you as well as Damien. I mean, I hung out with, you know, I've done your guys' podcast. I hung out with Damien in, in uh, PEI, but other than that, like, I don't, I really don't know you guys. So I look forward to, I look forward to that part. And um, yeah, episode two of the P and P podcast, I think is, is, is a wrap. I think. Yep. That's good. Thanks for having me on buddy. Good Dave, times. Dave Palmer from King Cotton. King Cotton. All right, man. <laughs> I truly appreciate your time. Yeah, I'm, glad no. it, I'm glad you made it on. And and uh, again, we'll we'll do episode we'll do episode three. I, I guess it's going to be every Tuesday. Sounds good to me. All right, all right, man. Yeah. Be safe and thank you again, man. As yeah. always, thinking of you, we are. Boom, boom. It is the P and P podcast.